So welcome back to Thrive, your agency resource. This week, I am super stoked to be joined by someone who is so well-known and so well-respected in the community, Carl Smith from Bureau of Digital. Um, we're going to cover a lot today. We're just going to have an awesome conversation. And the takeaway is really going to be about the importance of peer support for agency leaders. So Carl, let's just kind of get off to the races. I mean, thank you so much for being here. And uh, I know we're going to have a great talk. I, I appreciate the invite and it's so much fun to do video. Yeah, right? I love <laughs> it. Um, so you, you and I have been having like some really cool discussions uh, over the last month or so. And uh, I, obviously we feel a, a little bit of a kinship, I guess you could say. I'm glad to be connected. Um, one of the things that we, you covered or you talked about at some point was this whole um, house fire that you had when you had your agency. Yeah. And what was really interesting to me about that is that, you know, there was sort of this, uh, let's call it a crisis moment where you kind of had to step out a little bit of your agency and start trusting your team. And I just want you to start talking about that um, experience and like what that led to. Yeah. So first of all, it was insane. Um, <laughs> I was way too busy at the time. And one of the things that was happening, I worked from home almost exclusively. And I ended up getting a call from a client who was based in Chicago. And they wanted to meet for lunch. They were in Jacksonville for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't like leaving the house. I just work from here, blah, blah, blah. It was raining, all this stuff. And so I was like, all right, fine, I'll come see you. So I go meet them for lunch, have lunch. It was great. Uh, come back. And as I'm driving up to my house, I'm on the phone with another client. And I said, I have to go. And he was like, why? I was like, my house is on fire. <laughs> Literally. He was, like, he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I mean, like, my MF and house is on fire. <laughs> and so I did, I saw smoke coming out, I rushed in, um, managed to get the fire out, which was ridiculous. And I never picked on my kids or my wife again for leaving half filled cups of water or Coke or whatever. So like I ran in and just started grabbing all these things and throwing it on this fire on the counter. Oh um, it was just ridiculous, right? Got the animals out, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but as a result, I ended up really for about two weeks, I was not functional at work at all. We got moved out of the house into an embassy suites hotel that yeah. then got shut down because somebody was running a meth lab in it. Oh my <laughs> so right God. After we replaced not make that up. Clothes. We replaced all our clothes and everything. And then they all got sequestered because they could have had the meth stuff on them, right? So then we had to move again. Uh, an employee of mine who's a dear friend found us this apartment complex that had no pet deposits. You could bring all the pets you wanted. So it was like apartment complex for dogs kind of thing. Huh. And while we were there, I just told the team, I can't function. I've got to deal with insurance. I've got to take care of my family. I've got to figure all these things out. Just make the best decisions you can. And that happened for two weeks. I would occasionally check in, but then at the end of those two weeks, it ended up being the best two weeks in the company's history, uh, which was very, it was awesome, but it also felt horrible. I was like, <laughs> like what have I been doing? I didn't know I was the problem, um, but I hired really great people. And, and that's a skill too. Uh, but I put these people together and gave them enough autonomy that I actually found we had two companies at that point. Mm. We had a more established, uh, seasoned, slightly older team that was really good at handling the financial uh, stuff and you know doing traditional corporate stuff. Then we had a young, energetic team mm. that wanted organic foods. 
and they wanted fantasy sport and they wanted all the fun stuff. And it turned out they both kind of found their niche and I was able to step out of the way and let them grow these two independent companies together. It, it, was, it was really pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It, it's such an amazing story. And uh, I think the, the takeaway here is that sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be something as catastrophic as a fire, but... Yeah you know, literally kind of taking that time, um, whether it's imposed on you or something that you volunteer for, like moving out of the way sometimes is the way to get everything done, um, maybe a little bit more effectively than the way that you were leading. So I'm not saying that that was necessarily the <laughs> And maybe it wasn't, the, or it's not the case for everybody watching and listening, but just the consideration that it could yeah. be or might be is just sort of a step in that in that direction. So um, I think just real quick, there's also a difference yeah. between telling people that you work with when you own something, when you're, I mean, my name wasn't on the wall. It wasn't that kind of an ego trip, but, but when somebody comes in to your company, it's like a guest coming into your house. Right. And you may tell that guest, Hey, make yourself at home, get whatever you want out of the fridge, but they're still going to ask you. They're going to open the door and see that there's only one Coke left. Can I have this? Right. I told you, do what you want. But if you're not in the house and you told them to make themselves at home, they're just going to take it. Coke. Yeah. And so yeah. that was what I found was I could tell people all day long, but until I wasn't there and they had to do it, it just wasn't going to happen. Yep. Yep. No, it's a good lesson. Um, so along those lines, you said something to me last time that really, really kind of struck me. I kind of had that little, that little like gut moment. You said, I told everyone to stand in the sunshine, but I didn't realize the shade I was casting. So I want to I hear a little bit more about that little self-realization moment for you. Well, I think a big part of it was that as much as I thought I was empowering them, I was constantly around. And I would ask how things were going, or I would do you know, any of a number of things. And that just encouraged their behavior of not taking control. Yep. not doing what they needed to do. Um, but when the house fire happened and I was gone, and then you see them all stand up and just start doing great stuff. That was when it hit me that, uh, you know, there was only one change and that was that I wasn't there. Right. So you, you see that. And, and honestly, it was, it was a little bit of a mourning period. Like I was super sad <laughs> because I wanted to be part of the team. Yeah. Um, but then it became this realization that I can go do whatever I want. That's an aha moment. Oh my God. And so I, I did. And I, I let them kind of take over. And there, were, there was infighting and all these things. But as long as there was no blood or exposed bones, I just kind of let them go. Doing pretty good. have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into um, what you kind of felt like was your purpose in, uh, in starting Bureau of Digital. Because I know that there's so many people that are watching and listening that either know about it, it's been on their radar, they may, might already be members or involved in some way, but uh, would love to hear more about like why you felt like this was something that needed to exist. Well, now, honestly, I was an attendee first. Oh, okay. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. So I got an email from Greg Hoy and Greg Story, who are running independent happy cogs, which is hilarious. Two happy cogs, separate companies. Um, Jeffrey Zellman had licensed them. It was this whole thing. It was hilarious. So they contacted me about coming to an event where they were inviting 25 owners of digital shops. And I sent an email back asking why me? And they said, we've been reading your blog. 
we've been reading about your business model and either you're totally full of crap, <laughs> you're onto something and we want to know which one. And I was like, I will be there. <laughs> Challenge accepted. So I did. And it was unbelievable because I had no, I mean, I had peers. It's not that I, I have no peers. No, but it was, it was more like, I just didn't know them. Like I'd reached out to local people, but they weren't doing what we were doing. I mean, we had, we'd made it on a national scale. We were starting to get global with some of the work, but then these people had written books and coined phrases. And, um, but what you find out when you spend three days with that number of people and you break into these small groups, the people you thought were crushing it are holding on for dear life. Mm -hmm. And you're not doing near as bad as you thought. Yep. You know, and people start writing down stuff that you're doing and you start writing down stuff that they're doing. And, and before long, it's, <laughs> this is not, by the way, an African proverb. This is, I think Snopes has said it, but that, that whole idea of if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. <laughs> it's been shown again and again. It's not any kind of proverb, but it should be. Um, so that was kind of it. And then once my company started doing really well, once I was out of it, uh, I had to figure out what to do. So my youngest daughter, who at the time would have been 12, uh, came out in the backyard. I, I work outside most of the time, unless it's a thousand degrees outside. And she came out and she said, how do you want people to remember you? Hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? And she, she's always been a dark soul. And just, uh, she said, when you're dead. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like juice. let's figure this out. Um, so I told her, I said, I want to be remembered as a nice person who didn't have to hurt anybody to be successful. Hmm. And she was like, okay, how do you measure that? Now realize this was a shop owner's kid. Right. I, I would ask her these things when she was doing her stuff. And she goes, how do you measure that? And I said, uh, by the number of people that I help. And then she said, okay. And the question was bound to come. How does that scale? right? 12 years old, throwing me back at me. And I was like, I can't, I don't know. Just please stop. I, you're back inside. So yeah, daddy's working. Um, but then a day later, I realized I don't need to help anybody. I just need to put people in touch with other people. I need to connect people who can help each other. And that totally scales. Yeah. And that was when I was writing an email to Greg and I realized I need to be part of the Bureau. So then Long story short, uh, I bought in as a partner. The two of them wanted to go off and do other things. <laughs> and now I got my baby. It all came full circle. It did. Um, so, you know, running it as long as you have, I'm sure there have been sort of these moments. Um, maybe it happens all the time. Maybe it happens at every event. Uh, maybe you get emails on a weekly basis. There have to be a couple of like stories that you know, stick out in your mind for one reason or another. Can you share a couple of examples or a couple of things that kind of made you feel like, man, I am like doing my work? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll say one of the first ones, uh, and I don't think they would mind me sharing this. We take an oath before every event, not to share anything that people would deem. And you certainly don't have to, you know, call them out by name or company name. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but there was a shop in the very first uh, bureau event at, at owner camp. And they were on the ropes, a four person shop, uh, really popular in a certain space, mm -hmm. but they were just struggling. And there was some moment during a conversation that was being had, I think Kelly Goto, uh, who was in the room, she's so brilliant. And she made some comment about 
following your heart is fine, but only if you can make money and survive. Right. And so it was this kind of, you know, let's, we'll smell the hippie juice. We're not going to drink it. Okay. <laughs> and so there was just some sort of light bulb went off and, um, I, that, that shop didn't come back to bureau events for probably about four or five years. Mm. And they, suddenly they showed back up. And uh, I was like, oh my goodness, I, I can't believe y'all are going to be here. Like, yeah, things have really changed. Well, they took to heart what was said and shifted away from any business that wasn't something they were passionate about. Mm -hmm. They knew they could make money, but they decided to go into anything that was more outdoors, adventure related. Um, these were people who loved to fish, loved to hike, loved to go uh, mountain biking, loved to do all these things. So they shifted entirely to that, found ways to start an Instagram account, um, which, which was very seedy, not on their part. They actually bought an account and they, they had to transfer money while signing or changing a password. The whole thing was just hilarious to me. <laughs> Um, but now they work with these amazing companies like REI, right? So, so they, they totally made that shift and it was because somebody said it. Um, another one that was really amazing was this was when we were in Minnesota and everybody was talking about, um, how well they were doing, right? Not, not saying we're doing great, but saying we're doing okay. We're doing well, we're struggling. Mm -hmm. and this other person talked about how they were just so busy. And they had 70 people on their team, but they couldn't make any money. Mm. And somebody said, well, how are you charging? What's your, what's your billing methodology? Well, we charge hourly. <laughs> what's your rate? $65. Oh, God. The room just went, ah, what? Oh. And, and yeah. there was like this thought that you couldn't raise it, right? And plus, they had San Francisco office. They were like, woof. Yeah. So somebody just said, triple your rate and come yeah. back. Yeah. And they didn't, but they doubled it. Uh-huh. And now the shop is just gold. And, and these sound like things that shouldn't be, uh, you have to go to an event to find out. Um, but then we also have what, what I call bureau babies, right? They're more like bureau weddings, but we've had shops that have merged and that's kind oh, of fun. That's cool. Right? We, we have a, a shop that's um, up in Montreal that merged with a shop in Charleston, South Carolina. They met at the bureau, you know? And so, so these things just become amazing as well. And then I, I think probably one of the most powerful is when a shop's in trouble and other shops show up to support them. Yeah. Um, we had a group in Florida that was about to have a layoff and was gonna let nine people go, but we were able to find a group in Seattle that was desperate for the type of talent that they were gonna let go, but didn't wanna hire anybody. So they basically just used their bench. And now in the Bureau channels, like if, if you're in the Slack channels, you'll see people say all the time, I've got four devs uh, who specialize in Angular on the bench this month. Mm -hmm. Anybody needs them, right? Yeah, and that in and of itself is probably one of the greatest value adds. So I kind of want to um, dive into that a little bit more because I know that um, there are so many you know, agency leaders or owners that are watching or listening, and if they've never heard of the Bureau before, I don't know how that's possible, but it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Um, <laughs> um, if they've never heard of it before, and this is the first time, um, or they know about it, uh, came across their radar at some point, but they just haven't sort of like stepped the toe in the water yet. Right. Maybe they attended one event and nothing else, you know, whatever the situation is. Um, I'd love to get sort of that holistic viewpoint of what are all of the, the value add components of the Bureau? Um, what is membership versus just attending an event? Is that possible? Like, just give me a little, a little flavor for all that. Cause I think that would be super helpful for a lot of people. 
Yeah, no, and that's great. And I appreciate you asking. Um, so first of all, uh, I'll just say that it's people over pixels, right? The more that you can be together in person is always better because that's where you pick up on all the vibes. The reason you do a video podcast is probably because people can see the reality Absolutely. in some eyes versus them just kind of, you know, doing whatever. Um, but when you come to the first bureau event, the thing we hear all the time is I found my people. Hmm. I tried. Right? They didn't know. They might've been part of say an EO, right? Or they might've been part of some sort of other organization, but it was different types of companies. Mm -hmm. When you come into a situation where everybody does what you do, even though they're going to do it differently, you realize you can say something and people aren't going to look at you like a dog that heard a weird noise. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to look at you and go, I know what you mean. And you're going to be like, you do? Right. So the, the number one thing is a feeling of acceptance and not being alone. Now, the events, once you go to an event, you're in the Slack channels with your, your individuals who are at that event as well, your, your other alumni. Um, there are about a thousand people who are active in the Slack channel, but it's split up in all these different little private rooms. So nobody feels the pain except for me because <laughs> I see everything. Um, but in there, it's, it's ask any question. Mm -hmm. Answers will show up. Um, and that, that's another amazing piece of value. We have a shop that's in Charleston, actually. And they told me at one point they were in a leadership team meeting and they made a comment. And somebody said, could you ask your owner camp friends? Because I don't think they're going to agree with you on this. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So they went in and, and they popped it in the Slack channel and a bunch of differing opinions came back along with some that supported them and they printed it out and, and <laughs> took it over. Right. So that was pretty amazing. That's cool. Um, but events can be expensive, right? I mean, the way that we do events is for the most part all inclusive when we do the camps. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get with the summits and these other types of events that are more traditional with breakouts, we're trying to get that cost down a little bit. The way we do that is through membership. Mm -hmm. So membership for us was a way to allow more people to come to the in-person events. <laughs> um, and what it allows is for you monthly to have a peer call. It gives you access to a library that's been curated from all the conversations over the last seven years mm -hmm. uh, where we're able to say, these are apps that people like, these are books that people like, these are videos that people like, podcasts, whatever it is. Yeah. And we put all of that into a reference library. So you can go in there and find answers to almost anything if you're not just going to be human and ask the Slack channel. Right, like, right. Like, um, and then also with membership, uh, you know, there's discounts and stuff like that, but that's not the real value. Uh, we also will promote for our members. So if they've got something new that they've done that they want everybody to know about, we'll step up and say, Hey, we just want to let everybody know they just finished this thing. It's pretty awesome. Take a look. So it's, it's kind of offering a humble brag from a third party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then also concierge service. So we will have people reach out to us and say, we're looking for a shop who does this. Mm. So for our members, we'll take care of that for them so they don't have to go through the hustle because we, we have a spreadsheet right now that has pretty much all 7,000 of the people who've been associated at some level with the Bureau. Mm -hmm. um, and that breaks down into all these different groups. Uh, so it's, it's pretty amazing. But, but ultimately the value, uh, it, it was funny, I was talking um, Blair Inns, uh, when Without Pitching and that yeah. stuff, I was talking with Blair about it. And I said, well, the value is that you get this network of people. And he goes, Carl, people have friends. You can't tell them that they're coming and giving you this money so they can have friends. And I was like, all right, Blair. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, what do people do? What do they leave with? And I said, 
they leave with like five to 10 ideas that they can act on when they get back. And we'll hear within a year that one or two of those change their entire organization. That's the value. And he was like, that's it. And so I think if you do it in the in-person events or if you do it in the Slack channels or if you do it on the monthly calls, that's what it is. As an individual, you may be amazing at what you do, but you won't have had near the collective experience of thousands of shops. Yeah. And yes. so, so that's what it is. Yeah, it's incredible. And I love the fact that there's so many, um, the, the diversity of the touch points, whether yeah. it's in person or through technology, you know, whatever it is, I think people have different comfort levels with, you know, maybe I'm not super extroverted and I don't really love going to events like that, but <laughs> to be a member and to get access to all those resources or to be able to pop a question into Slack, whatever it is, maybe that's a little bit more comfortable for someone. So I like the fact that it's almost like, you know, we all have different learning styles, but we also yeah. all have different, you know, behavioral styles. And the fact that you're offering those things in a way that's digestible, somebody could, could, you know, sort of, come out you know, into themselves a little bit by maybe being introverted and going to their first event and being like, wow, this isn't so bad. You know, yeah. I, I could do this. Exactly. Um, and you so find out that you're not that far off. Like a lot of times people go in because they feel like they have nothing to add. And then they realize they cracked the code on something. Right, right. What do you mean you, you haven't heard of PEOs? It's revolutionary, you know, whatever it might be. And, and you see that aha moment and you write it down. One, one event we did, uh, one of our operations camps, somebody was talking about how they had done an employee onboarding guide mm -hmm. and they were sharing it. So we'll, we'll do this uh, on the third morning of a camp. We do a show and tell. The only rule is you have to show something you wouldn't normally. Okay. And you're not allowed to just sit there. Everybody's got to share something. So, but okay. this, this person put up their internal uh, employee onboarding guide and somebody said, do you have anything like that for clients? And everybody went, Oh, and so everybody suddenly write down a client onboarding guide. So, so these are the things that just every single time there's one nugget like that, that even I walk away with and, and quickly share with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Um, I could talk to you for hours. I think uh, <laughs> we, we both kind of are on the same page with that after the last couple of conversations. Yeah. Um, but I just, I really appreciate the time and um, you know, everything that you're doing for the, the agency leader community. Um, um, super, super valuable. You really are impacting so many people's lives, even if it's just facilitating uh, all of them getting together and sharing that information. Um, it's, it's really incredible. So thank you for that. And thank you for being on the show today. Uh, thank you so much. And it's wonderful to get to meet your community as well. Thanks, Carl. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.